Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Mitchell Kaminsky, and I finally found a co-host for this week. Patrick Cushman is back once again joining us, the uh, part Packers owner, and uh, I don't know, what else, what else would you put in your description title? That was kind of a weak I- introduction there. Oh. Proud SIU students. Yes. Prou- I don't know. Yeah. There, there you go. Proud SIU uh, a student. Uh, so one one day, famous alum. Uh, let's get right into it. We actually, you know, in weeks past where I was just rambling like a lunatic complaining about the water situation in Peoria to kill time, we actually have some stuff to talk about. By the way, for those of you wondering, keeping up with the, the war on the dirty Peoria water, we are still waiting for the mach- new machine to come in. So uh, the siege continues over here as we uh, struggle to find clean water. But uh, anyway, we had uh, the NBA All-Star game this week. And now... I. You know, I watched it. I, 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 it's like every year at these All Star games. It, it just reminds me. This is what I always get out of it. And you know, it, it was fun and all. Giannis didn't miss a shot, so that was cool. They're taking these half footers, uh, half court shots. But like, I, I remember we, I had an argument uh, with Marshall fresh or two years ago about which, or maybe it was last year. What what sport has the best All Star game? And every year I watch the NBA All Star game or just any All Star game in general. It, it, baseball far and away just reiterates the fact has the by far the best all-star game because when you're picking these teams you want to see a game with the best players in the world competing at the highest level and quite frankly these guys don't try their hearts aren't it and it's just like a gimmick they're chucking up half court shots there's barely any defense played where in baseball you cannot tank it it is so like without looking stupid like you're not just gonna lob a pitch in there or whatever or miss a ball per- like you have to try like just in the sport, you, you can't tank. So that's why I think, just from a viewer standpoint and a competition standpoint, is by far the best All Star game. I don't know that that is just me. I, what do you think? Oh yeah, uh, MLB uh, by far. And the, the thing was, is a couple of years ago they took out the uh, the incentive uh, which was, you know, quite frankly, pretty dumb to begin with. But um, yeah, no, it's definitely the best game. Uh, I mean, you know, you have guys because, you know, if you're pitching, you're only throwing one inning, maybe two at the most. So you're giving it all you got, you know, even if you're a starter. So, uh, um, yeah, but NBA, uh, NHL, especially the Pro Bowl, it's just awful. I mean, it, the Pro Bowl is not even watchable. Uh, I don't even know why they still have it. They might just scrap it. They didn't have it this year, so. Yeah, I mean, it. I, I, I agree, especially, too, because, like, baseball, it's funny. And you talk about the no incentive thing, but, like, which which is true, and they still, like, they still kind of have to try. I remember uh, someone was talking to me this week, and they're like, oh, it would be great if baseball was, like, a contact sport. And you used to be able to run into the catcher. And one of the most iconic moments of an all-star game history was Johnny Bench running over Ray Fossey, and he broke his leg. And it was an all-star game. He ran him over in an all-star game. I, that's – I. It's the best one by far. Now, mind you, it was the NBA one was entertaining. I think we all knew if you looked at those two teams who was gonna win. I was rooting for Team Durant simply because Zach Levine was out there, so I want to support that the, the Chicago like, Bulls guy. But it's like going to a Globetrotters game. You know, it's fun and entertaining, but you know, it's still a yeah, still a gimmick. You know, right, 
Right. And it wasn't even, the problem was too, because like in the one in Chicago last year, at least it was close in the fourth quarter. So they semi started to try near the end. Like the last five minutes of the game, they played some defense and that was entertaining. This one was a blowout. So it was like gimmicky the whole way through. Like the game winning shot was a freaking half quarter from Dave Lillard. But you know, what are you going to do? Now I will say this. I don't want to, I, I, I think considering the circumstances for as far as the three point contest and uh, slam dunk contest go, I'm not going to complain about that. I heard some people complaining about the slam dunk contest, how it wasn't as good as years past it's like if you unless you can dunk like don't tell me what's an impressive dunk and what's not like they were struggling to get guys i think given the circumstances the guys that won or that were there did the best they could anthony simmons uh, congratulations to him for winning you know uh but yeah I, I i'm not gonna complain about that since i'm a short white guy that can't dunk anyway but anyway so yeah that's my thoughts on that it wasn't a whole lot to discuss i'm glad the regular season's getting back underway uh moving on to some more uh, serious matters, I guess. Some interesting uh, reports came out this week. So we'll start with this one. Uh, Kansas fired less head coach Les Miles. He was the former coach of the uh, LSU Tigers. And uh, now uh, there's reports that he got fired from Kansas because of a report that came out from while he was at LSU. And for those of you who haven't read it, it was kind of um, – there's some interesting stuff that came out of this report. So uh, – it was for sexual harassment. It was a sexual harassment investigation in 2013, uh, and this is when the report was released. Uh, some of the details of this report, and like you can't make this stuff up. He was banned from being alone with female students. Uh, he was because there's multiple instances of him texting uh, female student workers on a burner phone, driving them alone to his condo, and kissing a student at least one on one occasion. Uh, Miles deli- denies that uh, portion. There's also a report that he would hire he would not hire workers for like the staff workers for the team unless they were attractive, blonde, and uh, fit were his three qualifications. And those who weren't were either to be fired or given reduced hours. Um, so it sounds like a complete circus over there. And mind you, he had a son during this whole thing too. So that makes it even worse. But I think the damning thing about this, all this is too, because this this investigation was back out in 2013. Uh, and that's why they fired him pretty soon after he won the national championship. And some people were like, hmm, that's kind of like interesting. You got a quick hook there. Uh, but like Kansas Athletic, like if you're the Jayhawks, do they not background check these people? I think they do. I or like the real question is like they they didn't give a shit. Like they they read that whole well, thing. You don't care. They, they said that they did that and that they couldn't find anything. Which uh, you know, I mean, how true is that? Is that a you know cover your ass kind of response? It kind of it sounds like it. Um, it probably is, but um, you know, let's be honest. I mean, Les Miles is a uh, he's won a national title, um, and you're the Kansas Jayhawks, kind of a joke of a football program. Um, and so maybe, uh, if you're in Kansas, you kind of look past that when you hire someone, you just tell them, Hey, like we saw this, like, don't make us do it too. Right. Yeah. And, I, uh, yeah. I totally agree. They did that background check, not wanting to find anything. So they kind of turned a blind eye because like you're the Jay, you're the Jayhawks. Now there's not a whole lot of high profile coaches that want to go there unless miles has a pretty impressive resume. Like his resume is good enough where. He shouldn't be coaching at Kansas at this point in his career, and clearly this is why. So I think it was a clear just look the other way, and uh, we don't want to. Maybe that's why he was at Kansas, because he had so much baggage from that he couldn't get an offer from uh, you know, a bigger school. Because, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he was, uh, you know, your national title winning coach. And he, uh, it was the final years at LSU weren't that great. 
But, you know, at the end of the day, you could probably find a better job than Kansas. And maybe that's why he couldn't. Maybe that's Kansas was the only one to take him on. I think, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think that is – that's definitely the reason. And, you know, it's – it sounds bad to say, but like when this stuff comes out, like it's not all that surprising. Like I'm surprised there's not more of these that come out. It's kind of getting to be ridiculous at this point. Another person that's in some hot water, Miles Leonard, and this one's this one's very laughable too. Miles Leonard, uh, big man, plays for the Miami Heat right now. He was on a Twitch stream uh, and he's playing Call of Duty when he uh, he called someone an anti-Semitic slur after shooting him. The old, the, the big K word, uh, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about. Well, Miles Leonard, uh, he claimed, he pleaded ignorance here saying, like, he he didn't know what it meant or whatever or whatnot. I just think that, like, that's another one of, like, a lack of awareness that's kind of inexcusable at this point. Like, you're on a, you're on a Twitch stream and you're going to, I don't know, I think he's pleading ignorant. I think he knew what he was saying. Like, I don't think he intended it out of, like, uh, an insult to like Jewish people, but like the lack of awareness there is kind of uh, alarming. If you're you're an organization, one of your guys is going uh, online uh, saying that sort of stuff. I don't know if you have any uh, thoughts on that whole situation. Yeah, um, and this uh, reminds me a lot of the uh, Kyle Larson situation where on iRacing he said the N word. Um, very high profile, lost all the sponsors. Um, so it's going to be interesting what the NBA does. Uh, how my what Miami does? Um, I've heard he's not with the team, um, so we'll see what the NBA does with that. But uh, yeah, just uh, it's just bonehead. Um, really, no excuse for it. Um, obviously, I don't think any like malice was into it, but you still can't use that kind of language. And so uh, we'll see what um, precedent the NBA sets forth, or will they take precedent? from uh nascar and suspend him for the rest of the season yeah it'll that's it that's interesting yeah it's interesting to see what the nba is going to do there uh because they're considered more uh, of a progressive league and that's kind of like that's like a big it's not like a light it's like that's kind of like a, a serious offense there what he what he said uh there's actually you know i, I think julian edelman he had he wrote an open letter to him and like part of it I think uh, he he can touch on the situation much better than I can and I, he is uh, Jewish those of you who don't know but I think uh, I'll read part of it like I think I think he hit it right on the head he says I get the sense that you didn't use the word out of hate more out of ignorance most likely you weren't trying to hurt anyone or even profile Jews in your comment that's what makes it so destructive when someone intends to be hateful it's usually met with great resistance casual ignorance is harder to combat and has greater reach especially when you command great influence. Hate is like a virus. Even accidentally, it can spread rapidly. And I think, yeah, that's why that's why it's such a big deal. Especially because, like you said, if he didn't even know uh, how serious it was to say it. So, and I believe he said he didn't even know what it meant. Yeah, he didn't understand the context of which. I think he's he's got to be lying about that. I There's find no yeah. you don't know what that word means when you're in your twenties. I mean. Well, his PR people, too. I'm in a PR class right now. You could tell that statement that was whipped up by his P- He He clearly did not write it. I think that was kind of going back to the Les Miles thing, a cover my ass sort of thing that their, their PR, his PR team whipped up. <laughs> if you read that statement, it's like, yeah, okay. I'm finding that hard to believe. But uh, 
yeah, no, we'll see what happens there. Just some interesting, so the two donkeys of the week, I guess, we'll, we'll call it. Uh, on to some lighter news. Dak Prescott, and you know, I said I was going to be done talking about this contract until it happened because I feel like for the past two years, every time you turn on a Fox station or what any any of these stations, even ESPN, is talking about Dak Prescott's goddamn contract situation was getting obnoxious. It's finally over. He signed a four, uh, what was it, four-year, $160 million deal, I believe. Uh, and he has uh, the largest, I'll pull up the uh, contract here. I believe it was the largest uh, guaranteed money that there was uh, in a contract. Let's see, Dak. Yeah, four years, $160 million extension. Uh, it includes a no-trade clause, a no-tag clause, and uh, he could be back on the open market within three years' time. And he's also set to earn $75 million in 2021. So, uh, first, yeah, did you think the Cowboys overpaid for Dak Prescott? Good deal or bad deal? I think it's a great deal for Dak because he'll, when he gets out of it, he'll still only be 30, so he can cash in again. But that's some pretty good guaranteed money for a quarterback of his caliber. Just on the Cowboys' side, do you think they overpaid uh, for him and it's going to hamper their ability to win a Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at this Cowboys team, uh, you know, uh, I'm not saying Andy Dalton's just as good as Dak Prescott, but Andy Dalton was, um, you know, able to win with this team. Uh, yeah, uh, this team has a lot of holes. They have an aging offensive line. They have, you know, we saw their defense. They're giving up, you know, damn near 40 points a game. They have a lot of holes. They have a lot of money tied up into this offense with Zeke, with Dak, with Amari Cooper. A lot of big name guys that uh, you know are taking up a lot of their cap. Um, I I really don't know what other direction they could have gone into, but this was a contract very favorable to the player. Um, and I think you know Dak went into negotiations knowing, like, hey, you know, if you don't get me, you're not really in a position to draft a quarterback, um, and you kind of need to win now because I mean this is a roster. Um, when you have money tied up into Zeke and Amari Cooper and all of them, you need to win now. And they're good enough to win now um, with a couple of pieces. Um, so I, if I was the Cowboys, I would have liked to maybe get a more team-friendly deal. Um, but good for Dak Prescott. You know, he's set for life now. Um, and like you said, he can cash in again. And so he's only making, what, $180 million? That's nothing nowadays. So now he can uh, make even more money. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know... I think the whoever his agent is, they did a great job here, and they really wore out Jerry Jones because, like, if you look at the past couple deals, it's not like he's known for being some. Uh, he's better known to be a, a generous contract gift. Like he overpaid Zeke, he overpaid Jalen Smith. So you have a guy that he's fond of in Dak, and I think yeah, I think you're completely right. Like they, Andy Dalton, Dak Prescott's better than Andy Dalton, but. Like, it was serviceable with what you had there. I think it was very clear that the defense was the problem. Uh, and a lot of it, too, when Dak was successful, it was behind a great offensive line and a really weak division. He had a great run game. So does he justify getting all that money? Like, he's a good quarterback, but I think what, what they what they gave him, it was they, they overpaid for him a little bit, and I do think it's going to hamper any... I don't see this team winning a Super Bowl, uh, right, as currently constructed, because it's not like he's a Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes where he's going to be elevating your team uh, to justify that kind of money. He was, a, he was a good player that got elite money. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm... What free agency is about, though. I mean, that's what free agency is, is you pay A money for B players. And, uh... 
you know, hopefully the thought of the matter is, is you don't pay your own players that, but. Right. Well, that is why I am. I, I'm very glad. So I'm, this is a good segue here with free agency. A guy that really wanted to hit free agency was Allen Robinson. In fact, he said that uh, getting franchise tag was literally the last pass out of like 31 options. Franchise tag would be like 32nd on the list. Did not want to be franchise tag. The Bears ended up franchise tagging him. I think it was a great decision for the Bears to do so. Uh, I can understand why Allen Robinson's upset. He's earned a long-term deal. Obviously, they weren't able to work it out, but I'm glad the Bears did so because they they need it. They're, they're short of weapons, so now you get a little bit more time to try and work out a long-term deal because he was not coming back. If he hit the open market, they were going to have to really overpay for him. So, Also, I think this is also... In the, the, the stove's been heating up here. I'm going to throw some more gas on the flames. And You haven't been on the past couple weeks, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. According to one of the one of the guys I work with at Sports Mockery, I feel like they'd take the company more seriously if the name wasn't Sports Mockery. But he has some he has some insiders. He said, uh, and according to the, uh, the, the those guys, they said that uh, the Russell the Bears are pursuing him heavily, and right now Chicago's probably like the only option if Seattle was going to trade him because with Dak signing his deal with Dallas that takes them out, the Saints probably can't afford him. Uh, and the other one's the Raiders, who don't look like they're going to be getting rid of Derek Carr. So right now, it's looking like Bears are bust. I think Allen Robinson, you had, you had a wide receiver for him. Uh, they still have that young... They got rid of Bobby Massey, so you can uh, rebuild the offensive line a little bit. I think this... You know what? I think this is, it's possible. There's a chance. There's a chance. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think Seattle's probably going to try and patch it up. But uh, I don't think either side wants to look like the bad guy, so I think it's worse. The situation's worse than what it actually what they're actually letting on because neither because if you're seattle i think right now the, the the thing that's holding them back from trading him is the pr look like how are you going to justify trading a guy that just threw 40 touchdowns so won an mvp in a super bowl yeah you can't uh, but there's a lot of egos involved here and russell i don't think wants to be there but he doesn't want to look like the bad guy so i think if this situation really deteriorates i think bear rust to the bears is a real shot um mitchell i hate to break it to you but Russell Wilson will be playing for the Seahawks next year. Um, and actually, let's make this interesting. Um, let's not money, but let's. Uh, if Russell Wilson is on the Bears, you can pie me in the face this summer. Deal. You can get a whipped cream pie and you can pie me in the face. Done. Yeah. And if, and if he's not, you have to buy me a, a drink at a Sox game. That's fair. I think that's that, that's that's fair odd. Yeah, no, I well, doubt Russell that. Russell Wilson, I'm very confident, will not be playing for the Chicago Bears. You, I really don't think. I just do not see it happening. Well, I've gone on the record saying, like, the odds of it happening are not good. But if there was a team he was going to go to, right now it would be the Bears. And he even said, like, I think Russell Wilson wants to come to Chicago, too. As I said last week, his wife, Sierra, trying to grow a brand. Chicago's a bigger market. He's got family already in Chicago. The food's great. It's a bigger market for him. He wants to elevate his brand as well and prove that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the game because I don't think he gets the respect he deserves for like the talent level he has. If he comes to a market like Chicago, a historic franchise that's never had a quarterback and elevates them into a championship contender and wins a Super Bowl, he will be a hero in this city forever. He will never have to buy a drink in Chicago ever again. It'll elevate his status 
and he will have full control. What he doesn't like in Seattle is the lack of control and input with the offense. You have two guys that are uh, fighting for their jobs right now with Ryan Pace and uh, Matt Nagy. And Matt Nagy's a quarterback guy, so he's going into an offensive-based system that they're going to bend over for Russell Wilson and cater to his every need, which is exactly what he wants. So I think he's really trying to push to come to Chicago. I think he would prefer to play in Chicago next year than Seattle. He just doesn't want to say it. So that's why I think it's a chance. I think if he just... I'm standing by that he just wants to wake up this organization and be heard, and he's causing this stir because that's the only way he feels that his needs and wants or whatever will be heard, is if he creates this. So I'm I'm standing by that. I am standing by the fact that he's just doing this so that he gets more power within that organization. And fair play to him. He deserves it. Um, Obviously, he's not happy with the way the last few seasons have gone. He's not happy with the coaching. Um, But not to the point where I think he's going – to force a trade to the Bears. I, I, and if you're Seattle, why are you giving them up? Well, that's I the mean, thing. Like, they probably won't. And that's why it's like. And what's the price that you have on them, too? I mean, that's got. I mean. I will if, pay yeah, anything. I will give them. Th- I will give you three first round picks and Khalil Mack for Russell Wilson. That's. I would. For Russell Wilson, it's worth it. Take 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 what you want. You, you can have everything. I mean, yeah, I would. I prefer not to give, give them a lot for Russell Wilson. I mean, three first rounders at least. I would think like maybe like uh, probably a Nick Foles and then a, a Keem Hicks would probably be like a fair price. Like if you can hold on to Khalil Mack, that would obviously be ideal. But hey, you know what? If I had to, I would throw him in the trade too. But you know, I, that's a pipe dream still at this point. We'll see. I heard that everyone's saying though the situation's worse than everyone's letting out. It's getting frosty over there in Seattle, so something to monitor. Uh, NFL, you know, you called this uh, the day before everyone started happening. You're like, hey, everyone's saying it's going to be because the Bears released Buster Screen, who was a veteran cornerback, and he had a couple injury problems, but he's still a pretty good player. And I was like, oh, that's kind of odd. And then the Packers released, uh, uh, who would they get rid of? Um, uh, Christian Kirksey and Rick Wagner. That's... And uh, also to know about the Packers, they did not franchise tag Aaron Jones. So he will be a free agent. Packers are not going to resign him. Um, I think it was uh, Kirksey that got the ball rolling, and it was like, huh, that's kind of weird. I could pull it up. Uh, yeah, Kirksey loved the team in tackles. Uh, you know, wasn't an elite player by any means, but, you know, you know, a middle linebacker who made play, who made, was average, you know, right. and was a pretty decent player. He gets released. Rick Wagner, who filled in very admirably um, when Bakhtiari went down and he had kind of that offensive line rotation. Um, a good veteran player. Wasn't on a big salary too. He was only on, he was on less for four million. They still release him. Um, Preston Smith is probably going to be released. That's the yeah. Too. You so the point I was getting like you were ahead of like the day before all these people like you were like hey it's gonna you showed me like uh, you sent me a text saying like hey it's, it's probably gonna be a massacre around the league all, all next week and then sure enough uh, all these people getting cut. Kyle Rudolph got cut. Emmanuel Sanders I think just got released today. Uh, which is it's going to make free agency interesting because I think you have it's a double-edged sword here. The reason all these teams are cutting costs, I think, is because of the pandemic. Uh, the 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 revenue well, lost. Salary cap today too, Mitchell. Yes, that's yeah. It's a, it was a pretty big decrease from last year. Right. That also does not help. So, with those factors involved, how big like do you think we could have 
a market like the MLB that is very slow moving, uh, because I'm sure these guys don't want to be getting signed on a bunch of like bargain buy deals. So you think it's going to be a waiting game, or do you think it'll heat up, won't affect it? Like what? How do you see free agency playing out? Is there anything like you you would uh, look at or watch for? I, I guess. Well, I just don't see a team justifying, you know, paying big money to a guy like, you know, a Ricky Wagner where he could maybe get a steal in like the third or fourth round for a guy of that caliber. Um, but for a lot cheaper, you know, I, I, I just don't see how teams, especially with this cap decrease, especially with player salaries rising because they've been expecting a cap increase, but it went down instead. Because mm-hmm. You know, teams who signed, you know, four, three-year contracts were expecting there to be continual increase it went the opposite way. So I think it's going to be very slow moving. I think you're going to see a lot of guys, a lot of guys who normally would get, you know, a a contract, they're just going to fall through the cracks. A lot of older players. um, I just don't see teams valuing free agents with this kind of salary cap restrictions. But I also will make this prediction, Mitchell, is that a team that has a lot of cap space, a team like Indianapolis, I think Indianapolis could go into this year as one of the favorites. One, because they can sign these free agents that no one will even touch. And because no one will touch them, their price goes down. So they can go after these free agents. Maybe even a team like, I think Cleveland has cap space. Jacksonville has, uh, I'm not going to say Jacksonville is going to be a contender, but I think they will be able to sign players because there is no market for them. So teams with a lot of cap space are going to be able to snatch these guys up for a little bit cheaper. And uh, you might see some dark horse contenders um, that come out of this free agency period. I think that's interesting. And I think uh, the Colts one's a good prediction because Chris Ballard already, he's a pretty shrewd operator over there. He knows what he's doing. He always drafts pretty well. I think that could be interesting. I think he's, especially Carson Wentz is starting to put all the pieces in there. They already have a pretty good team. Uh, you make a couple savvy moves with some veteran guys. Uh, that's a team that could go over the top. Just looking at the list of people uh, that are available, I mean, there's some... It's a pretty notable name. Von Miller, A.J. Green, Melvin Ingram, Bud Dupree, Shaq Barrett, uh, Jacoby Brissett. be interesting to see if he gets picked up. Patrick Peterson, A.J. Boye, Kwan Alexander, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Jadavion Clowney. Uh, there's a lot. of Emmanuel Sanders just got released. Larry Fitzgerald's a free agent. Uh, there's, yeah. I mean, you, t- you name it. There's probably a guy out there. Golden Tate, Deshaun Jackson, Sammy Watkins. You name a position. There's quite a few guys out there that are available on the on the market right now. Jesus. Right. And, you know, Indianapolis, people were always saying, uh, you know, they're just a quarterback away. Well, now maybe you have like a little minor hole you need to fill. You have all the money uh, in the world. You know, I mean, you might as well take it. They saw their uh, first round pick, too, this year. So I think Indianapolis um, watch them this free agency. I'll say that. I yeah. could be totally wrong. I could be totally wrong. But watch them this free agency. You, if you're the Colts and you sign a guy like Ndamukong and Sue or Von Miller to go with DeForest Buckner and uh, Leonard on that defense, oof, watch out. Oh, yeah. You can make – man, look at this list. I'm, I'm going down it. It's like it's, just, it's a big name everywhere. There's uh, Cordero Patterson. We got uh, Everson Gray. I mean, you get the you get the idea. Josh Norman. You can make a, you can make a Pro I mean, Bowl team get, out of this. I mean, a lot of uh, Pro Bowlers three years ago, but yes. still very good serviceable players serviceable players 
that you won't have to pay a lot because the market is, I, I think, is going to yeah. be a little bit slower too. So, and yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they're not the same players they were with the name belt. But like, you look at Gronk. Everyone thought he was Gronk. He was going to be a stiff, uh, right? And he he turned out to be a very productive player for Tampa Bay. Like that was a valuable pickup, as you saw his performance in the Super well, Bowl. And we saw that in Tampa Bay with several different players, mm-hmm. guys that you players that were a little past their prime, um, that didn't have a lot in the tank still playing a huge role. They weren't asked to do much. They weren't asked to be stars like they were, but they were asked to to execute when they were called upon, and they all did, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. I think that could happen with a lot of these players on this list. They could fill a hole like that. Tampa Bay proved that that kind of system works, so you could see that with some of these teams that have cap space. All right, so specifically with the Packers, uh, do you see? Because you know, in the past, they're usually not the big free agent team. They, they, I thought they, we, we said they might make a run at JJ Watt. Obviously, that did not happen. He went to the the Cardinals. Uh, do you see them? Because now it's going to be a little bit cheaper here, and they are very close. Who do you see that? Do you have any predictions for who they're going to add or a type of player they would add? Or do you think business as usual? They're they're, they're plowing ahead. Well, if you look at their money situation, they really don't have any i mean they're negative 10 in the cap they'll lose some with uh when we release preston smith um maybe we can restructure some contracts but other than that we really don't have enough money to make a big time situation and if uh, a minor thing is uh our one free agent signing from last year at the wide receiver position devin funches is coming back and he's taking seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars less than what he was and he was already only making like uh like 2.3 or something so he's taking a big pay cut to get a chance with the packers so that's a free agent pickup in itself because he never really played um but other than that i think if they can extend Corey lindsley uh you try to do that but you don't go out for anyone if you can extend Corey lindsley because Corey lindsley i believe is the best center in football he anchors that offensive line. Um, yeah. And you see where the Packers are without him. So I think he's very important. I think you try to extend him. But other than that, I don't think you go after free agents. You build through the draft. I think, speaking as a Bears fan, the one guy I would really like to see uh, return is Cordero Patterson, just because what he brings on the special teams end. And it's a team that's lacking weapons, and he still can be used in a variety of different ways offensively that I think would be good to have for whatever quarterback you bring in, whether it's Russell Wilson or not. Uh, but you're going to need some pieces around there because unless you get a guy that can elevate the rest of your offense, it's a pretty bare-bones operation you have there. So Cordero Patterson would be a guy I would like to see uh, them bring back but money's tight over there too like they just had to release Bobby Massey who like he hasn't been great but he's probably been our most he's been our best lineman over the, the last couple of years and uh he, he will not be uh returning now after he hit the open market um uh, uh, Robert Quinn contract is really coming back to, uh, oh I know that was terrible and uh, it seemed at the time like I will be completely honest and obviously hindsight's 20, hindsight's twenty twenty. I thought it would be a great. I thought it was a great addition, 
Because I thought it would be an upgrade over Leonard Floyd, who was terrible. Because you look at what Robert Quinn did with the Cowboys, and he had all those sacks. I'm like, well, he didn't have a great pass rusher opposite of him. With Khalil Mack on the other end, I think he'll be able to tear And Keem Hicks in the middle, I think he'll be able to tear it up. And it was alarming looking at his pro football focus scores, and he had like average like a C-plus grade on every play. And it's like, huh. What are what am I missing that like they're they're seeing that I'm like missing here because I I saw like twelve sacks or however many it was like and he gets to the pass he gets to the quarterback a lot he had quite a few QB pressures like hmm, this is kind of a red flag here and sure enough it was I and mean, we were paying way too much than we should have been for the the production we, we got out of him I think he had like two sacks and a tackle for a loss all year so that was kind of pathetic but no I agree that is really handicapping is handicapping them especially because they can't get out of it. Like, you would just usually release them, but they owe them too much guaranteed money. Yeah. Way too much. So that's kind of not not an ideal um, situation over there. Uh, let's see. What else? I mean, it'll be interesting to see quarterback situation around the league, too. I'm looking forward to the draft this year. Everyone's uh, – we'll see where Sam Darnold ends up. They, the Jets said they were actively shopping him. Uh, and I know Zach Wilson is very high on the uh, scouts draft boards here. Are you sold on Zach Wilson? Like, out of these quarterbacks, obviously you take out Trevor Lawrence, who's probably... Uh, you know, that, that brings up an in- interesting conversation because Chris Sims, who does work with NBC, son of Phil Sims, he had a run in the league, wasn't very good. Um, he put Zach Wilson above Trevor Lawrence. Really? But... Now, this guy also had Herbert over Tua and uh, Burrow last year. And so people are saying, you know, hey, he was right last year. You know, could he be right this year? I, You know, I don't think so. I think Lawrence is the undisputed number one. Yeah. Um, give, give me your quarterback five, your top five quarterbacks going in the draft. I like Lawrence is number one. I'd put Wilson number two. I, I a lot of people have him lower. I really like uh, Justin Fields more than most. I think he's a, just a dynamic. Uh, he's a dynamic playmaker, especially talking to the uh, quarterback or the the defensive coach for Northwestern. Just how difficult it is to game plan for him. I really like him. Uh, so I'd have him number three. Four and five, it gets it gets tough because I'm not. I'd probably go Jamar Chase at four uh, from L, L, or excuse me, he's a wide receiver. I'm uh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance, yeah, uh, yeah. Justin Fields three. Uh, let's see, Trey Lance. Yeah, we'll go Trey Lance four. I like Trey Lance four, and then I'll probably put. I don't like Mac Jones, but he'd probably be five. Everyone says he throws a nice ball and can read the field. I'm not very sold on him, though. So no. I don't know. I'm trying to think who else I would stick in the top five. There's a pretty big drop-off from five to six. Yeah, I, I... Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to... Kyle Trask, maybe. You know what? I kind of like Kyle... Yeah. You're going to pick Kyle Trask. I'd take Kyle Trask over Mac Jones. I Yeah, yeah. I'm putting him. Just because Mac Jones went to Alabama, and this is an unseated Alabama hatred. Yes, yes it is. Yes it is. I did. Well, I mean, look, he had a team 
that he had one. He didn't even. He wasn't even able to get the starting job until what his senior season. Uh, you saw what Tua's did in the NFL last year, and it wasn't anything special. And he his receiving core, like they were literally playing rock paper scissors in the huddle to decide who would catch a touchdown pass. Like. You're beating up on a bunch of scrubs, that easy SEC non-conference schedule. You have the best talent in the country. I think it's very easy for, like, I think it was, he didn't show me anything, like, spectacular that really, like, jumped off the page. Like, Kyle Trask at lead, you know, I think, especially if you're watching that SEC championship game, there's a little bit of an it factor, maybe. I don't think he's going to be good, but I I think they're very, they're they're closer than what all these scouts are saying. Um... but yeah, I, I do think Lawrence Wilson, uh, feel uh, Lawrence and Wilson are by far the two, the best two in the draft. And then there's a little bit of a j- drop off. And then you got Fields and Trey Lance. And people like Trey Lance. Uh, North Dakota State I though is. I have I have Trey Lance at three. So I and here's my thing with that. And I, I I'm just not a knock on Trey Lance too, but it's tough to evaluate him coming out of North Dakota because that's another team that's usually they're they're usually stacked every year and they're playing against inferior competition. So you don't know what they're going to get, and don't get. It's they're a great program. Carson Wentz came out of there. They won all these national championships for D three. But well, like you hear that you heard they broke their uh, thirty nine game win streak. They did. Yes, ago. I did hear. Yeah. You know against two? Huh? Do you know against two? Yeah, yeah. It's SIU, wasn't it? Yep, Southern Illinois. So the Salukis broke. Yeah. Well, hey, good for good for you guys. Um, but yeah, so I mean. That's why I'd, I'd put them at four, just because I haven't seen seen enough of them, and I know they have a pretty good program. I do think I do like Justin Fields. I think he's I think he's better than people give him credit for. I, that that playoff game he played against Clemson uh, was very impressive with the injury and also. And is he the but size thing? To Ohio State definitely brings a connotation. Um, him being also kind of a running quarterback. That's so similar to guys like Dwayne Haskins. Well, Haskins uh, was never very athletic. The difference between the two, and I agree, it's not like I was saying how the great programs Alabama and North Dakota have. Like Ohio State's a phenomenal program as well, but he's more athletic, and I think he throws just as good of a ball. And you see now with Kyler Murray that the size thing is really not an issue. So that I know that was like a little bit of a knock of him coming into the draft. I'm not worried about the size. I think that the arm strength he has and the mobility – where Haskins was surrounded by all that talent, but he didn't have like the the, the same mobility. And it's still there's still some talent there. I mean, they gave, I mean, Pittsburgh's given him a shot as a backup after that circus in Washington. But I think it's not even close. Uh, Justin Fields is much better than Dwayne Haskins, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Dwayne Haskins really, especially where, if he was drafted late second round, early third. You know, he probably wouldn't be seen as that bad, but the fact that he was drafted and too high, I mean, everyone kind of knows Washington kind of reached for him. Um, that kind of makes him seem like a bust, but he's really not because he's kind of just playing to his, in my opinion, is playing to his talent level. He's not very good. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, uh, Justin Fields, though, yeah, he's, uh, I don't know. People like to knock on Ohio State quarterbacks, but, uh, I think he, I think, you know, I think he could be good. I, I just like, uh, I don't know. I, I'm sold on Trey Lance. He's got that it factor for me. Final, final draft uh, question for you. Um, Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Oh, getting good. a lot I'm of hype. Getting a I'm ton of hype. I know the herd said he would pick him number one overall in this draft if he didn't need a quarterback. And if 
Uh, Lawrence was here. Do you do you buy the hype? Do you think this is the next Darren Waller or the whoever that because he's getting he's shooting up on draft boards? Oh, he's he's better than Darren Waller. This kid is the real deal. He might be. You remember Prime Jimmy Graham? I see a lot of that in him. I think the Jets should take him number two. I w- I agree. Actually, I would be. I think that would be. That would be good. I, I don't want to give. I don't want him to get rid of Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's never had. He has not got a le- legit chance anyway. And I thought at another point, especially going with the, they want to trade Sam Darnold. Sorry, this is kind of a side tangent here. Uh, like, when have the Jets ever had a franchise quarterback? Like everyone's so quick to blame Darnold. It's clearly like kind of the Jets. I mean, besides Joe Namath, name another franchise quarterback the Jets have had. And don't say Chad yeah, Pennington because he over oh, okay. like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. that Like, they're not well known for their great quarterback culture they have in developing quarterbacks over there. I, I think you give them, I think you give them another shot with, you know, uh, not, um, uh, who is that idiot? They just, crazy guy. I can't believe I'm blanking. Huh? Adam Gase. Adam Gase. Adam Gase. Yes. Who Peyton Manning gave him like three extra jobs because they knew him. Yeah. With Adam Gase out of the picture, I think you give him you let him you let him run it back one more time. That that's just me though. Yeah, I agree too. I I, I mean I me and you both were both on the same Darnold train. Um to answer your original question though, I am on the Kyle Pitts um train. I love the kid. I think he's gonna be really good. Um and so yes, I am on, I do support the Kyle Pitts to the Jets. Six six two forty. That's a it's a big old target. No, what they also said what I've also heard is that if he changed positions wide receiver, he'd still be the number one wide receiver. I believe that. I because that's what, what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Uh, maybe behind one or two, one or two. Yeah, I. Cause what concerns me about Devonta Smith, and I know a lot of guys like him as the number one. Although this one, the no, one board I, I'm looking I at has him at like nine. I think he's a little bit too small. Like he, you go over the middle, he takes one hit. That's gonna be, that's gonna be a problem. Like I get he has speed and everything. I think it's, I mean, who probably Jamar Chase would have is the best yeah. receiver in the draft. I, yeah, I Chase is one. Yeah, I would have Smith ahead of his teammate Waddle, but that is just me. You know what? We'll have to do. We'll prepare. I'll tell you what. Next podcast, we can do it. We'll do a mock draft for the top ten. We can do a top ten mock draft. We'll compare it notes next podcast because I don't want to get too too much farther yeah. into this. But I think, yeah, as we get close to the draft. Now, spring training, underway. Uh, and this was something exciting. This was a feel-good story for me yesterday. Uh, Michael Kopech is back on the mound, uh, which was a great sign for the White Sox. Now, apparently he's probably going to be coming out of the bullpen. I've been writing, I've had to write, an, I've been working on an article about him uh, that should be coming out actually later today, so you can go check it out on Sports Mockery. But the the journey this guy has had to get back to where he is and just his major league career in general it is incredible. Uh, here's a guy he gets drafted, and we'll we'll give you the Spark Notes version. Uh, but this is someone I'm really rooting for. He so he gets drafted out of high school. Uh, by the Red Sox, 33rd overall. He throws gas. He had a great ERA in high school. Uh, you know, he, in the minor leagues, he's performing well. Then he gets suspended for a performance-enhancing drug he was taking. That was it was banned by, or it wasn't performance. It was just a banned substance. He gets suspended for that. So he's got that young into his career. He's very immature when he's younger. Then he comes back the next year. He breaks his hand punching a teammate. So that was a problem. Despite all of that, he still comes back healthy. Blows through single A. He was an all-star down there. 
blows through double A's uh, uh, as well, and then he gets traded uh, to the White Sox. So now he's got to deal with the change of scenery, the team that just drafted him, traded him. Uh, he comes to the White Sox, still performing well, My although during the whole time he's dating, he was dating a reality TV star, so he was having to deal with a lot of a big sideshow on social media and all of that. Uh, then he suddenly breaks up with her, and according to her, she didn't even like see it coming. Like she was planning on moving to Chicago. Uh, he goes to Charlotte. Uh, he meets an actress, Vanessa Morgan Riverdale. I, I, you, apparently, she's famous. I'd never heard of her until she started taking Kopak. So then he's got that whole sideshow with all this. With it comes with the celebrity gossip. He comes from. He finally makes it to the majors. Uh, he gets Tommy John surgery after like one start. His first start gets cut short by two innings. He gets a couple starts in, starting to get acclimated. Gone for the year for Tommy John surgery. Has to miss the rest of that season, all of 29. So he's rehabbing, and like I said, or mentioned earlier, he's battling this whole mental health thing. It was a big deal for him, so he was having to deal with that and how like not being able to uh, play baseball just caused greater anxiety and depression. Um, then he has this ugly public split with Vanessa Morgan where uh, – she announces she's pregnant. Kopech's nowhere to be found in the photo. Then a couple days later, it announced that she, he filed for divorce. So everyone's like, oh, well, what happened here? Then he opts out of the 2020 season. So it was just a big mess for him in 2020. And now he's ba- finally, he's back on the mound. Uh, he had a son. I think he's back with, the, I don't I don't know what the side thing is there. But like just the stuff that this guy's had to go through in the past couple years. And now that he's back on the mound, it was good. It was good to see. So I am very happy for Michael Kopech. Yeah, um, kid's got a lot of talent. Uh, we saw that in his short little stint with the White Sox um, a few years ago. Um, and so, yeah, good to see him back on the mound. Hopefully he can uh, contribute this year, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. Um, I think they kind of want him to be on the back-end rotation um, at least later in the year. Uh, I would rather have him be late later of the year than have him rush him back yeah. sooner. Um, I think they can cover enough for him. Um, but yeah, no, good for him. Uh, like I said, a great talent, a great kid, very good looking too, I will say. Um, and so, yeah, really happy for him. And I'm really happy to see what he can do with the White Sox. Um, not only this year, but for years to come. Oh yeah. He first pitch was 98 on the black. It was like, Oh, Kopech's back, baby. And so going into his role this year, it's kind of like Rick Hahn said, the general manager for the White Sox, they're going to have to be creative in how they use them. From what I hear is the plan, because there's two options they could do. Uh, he could be bat- well, Initially, it was thought he was going to be battling for the fifth rotation spot, which was quickly ruled out that he wouldn't be starting there. So the op- first option for him to be start in the bullpen for the White Sox, gradually build up some innings and hopefully he'll be back by the end of the year or he starts in Charlotte as a starter and builds up some innings so it was kind of interesting to see like what route they would want to go towards or the third option would be start in Chicago in the bullpen uh after April once the Charlotte season starts send him down there uh to get some innings uh so we'll see which route they take because it's gonna I, I I would like to see him up in Chicago helping the team, because I believe he can, but I don't know how well you can build up his innings coming from the bullpen. Uh, so that's something to monitor on how many starts he gets the rest of the year. I guess they're going to have to be creative with it. So I'm excited to see that. Right. And you can, uh, I mean, they do, if he works out of the bullpen, you can do as many, uh, you know, bullpen simulated starts or whatever, but that's not, you know, the real thing that you want to see, especially a guy who hasn't been out there. He didn't play last year, I know. 
But he wasn't out there the year before, though, was he? No. Not yeah, out in so 2019, not out in 20. It's been over two years since he's been on the mound yeah. in a competitive game. I'd, I'd like to see him in Charlotte, just get his, especially because I think he'll do well in Charlotte. Um, well, it is a double edged sword. If he's not good in Charlotte, well, that's got to be bad for the conference. But he does well. He bring, gets his confidence, gets his arm fully back, comes up to the big league club around June, July, whatever. Whenever he's ready, he can take his time. Um, I think that's the way to go. I think he started him in Charlotte because I don't like him starting in the bullpen. I uh, I don't know. I'm just not a big uh, – especially when you're getting a guy back from two years, I really just don't see how bullpen work really helps out that right. much with getting innings back. Now, another side thing to monitor is Dylan Cease. We have not seen or heard from him yet in spring training. So it's kind of interesting how all these guys are getting reps so far. Dylan Cease has not gotten a start yet. I hope everything is okay there, but uh, they haven't released anything, so we shall see. You worried at all by the, about the poor record and lack of offense in spring training? Or is it... No, yeah. I don't. I mean, no, I don't. Um, no, I, I mean, it's not even, they're not even in like the third week yet. There's, this is the second week of spring training games, I think. Yeah. A lot of these guys that are playing, I think yesterday was like the first, yesterday or two days ago or three days ago, I'm losing track, was like the first day that like the starting lineup played as one. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these guys are, uh, you know, guys who won't be on the team. Uh, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, and I always like to say, the 2008 Detroit Lions were 4-0 in preseason. You know it's a true. different sport. I know it's a different, you know, it's whole different. It's apples to oranges, but the philosophy of it is the same. I yeah, I agree. White Sox winning the World Series this year. That's a good spot to end it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I should have done our ad reads. Oh, well. Bye, Fubo TV. Check us out on Fanatics. And this episode is brought to you by Primetime Sports Talk. So there you go. So we'll, we'll, don't worry, we won't shortchange you. Uh, we're doing a color cast broadcast uh, this Friday for the Chicago Bulls and potentially a White Sox game this weekend. So uh, you can hear the ad reads there. And you can also listen to us broadcast a game on that. Uh, but yeah, like I said, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week.